Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, everybody, we're here for a special, a very special episode drop. Short, sweet, very concise. You asked for it, and we're giving it to you. It is the official and official Chetty Kid episode, mm. appropriately named after Chester. Yeah, but there's something that I just learned about, like, what Chetty Kid actually means in Australia. I know. <laughs> like, it's I like didn't know about slang. that. It's slang. <laughs> in Australia... Is that where this is from? I'm guessing. You can tell because some of the word choice. I say we start by saying what our version of Chetiket is first. Just introduce that to the people. Chetiket is uh, outdoors etiquette as funneled through Chester's brain. Who is the nicest man on the earth from Wisconsin. Nicest man in the the world. And not only that, (laughs) but it sounds good. Like if Yanni was into etiquette, as we pointed out, and you called it Yanniket, no one's going to care about that. Sounds like a holiday. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but Chetiket sounds great. Uh, Ryan a kit. Okay. No one's gonna care about that. No. Clay a kit. That's stupid. So it's Chetiket. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So so Chetiket leads the thing. We went out to the audience and got all their conundrums. And man, there's a lot of them. Tons. Moral quandaries. Moral quandaries that come from outdoor living. And we're gonna be giving. Um, advice and to, to, to help us here today, we have Clay Newcomb, Mark Kenyon from Wired to Hunt, hello, hello, Ryan O'Cal Callahan, and Chester the Investor is here as well. Not only that, but we have Luke Combs joining us. And I'll point out too that uh, this special drop, this special episode is sponsored by Columbia PFG. If you're thinking to yourself, what the hell does that stand for? It stands for Columbia Performance Fishing Gear, proud protector of the skin on your back and the waters you love. They are backers of Captains for Clean Water, and they make a lot of great stuff to help you stay out in the sunshine without destroying your skin and then winding up being my age and having, uh, you know, it helps to keep dermatologists from needing to, like, whittle away little parts of you. Uh, Hmm. I have a great super terminal tackle, vented hoodie. Um, I used to run around in the sun all the time in a t-shirt or nothing, and I never wore hearing protection when I shot firearms. And those are two things I'm trying to correct Luke, as, I, as I get old. Luke, you it's wear... too late. It's too late, but I'm trying now. I'm, I'm, it's better late than never. That's true. Luke, you wear your uh, black, isn't it like a black um, fishing shirt for like most of your concerts? Yeah, I wear the... Yeah, like all of them. Literally, it's kind of like the only thing I wear. Um, performance, uh, you know, it's the Bahama 2. Uh, the black Bahama 2 is what I've been wearing. That's your concert literally, shirt? Yeah, like literally every show for seven seven years. Probably wow, kind of like a lucky pair of underwear. <laughs> wow. Yeah, just have the one, though. That's It's just this starting to, you know, 
after after thousands of shows starting to wear out a little bit, you know. Luke mm. Combs has a new album out. Tell us about that, Luke. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, it's called Getting Old, which I think is is fitting. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I guess for me, it's just a, a bit of, you know, everyone's like, man, you're 33. You're not getting old, you know. And I was like, well, it's, not, it's more of, I guess, <clears throat> coming of age, right, would have been kind of the thing, right? So I've been married, you know, for, um, you know, coming up on three years now. I've been with my wife for seven um, you know, we got second kid on the way. I get first one at the house, you know, and, um, just, I don't know, life is, life is, is changing in a lot of ways. And, um, I really want to, you know, continue to grow with, with my fan base and, and write songs that I'm passionate about that I feel like speak to, you know, my life and, and where it is now. And, and I think that probably correlates pretty strongly to, um, where a lot of my fans' lives are at as well. And so I just want to always kind of, you know, continue to be, to be true to myself and, you know, as I, as I keep putting music out. And um, this album's kind of the, the first step in, in that direction for me. As someone who is legitimately getting old, um, I'd like to point out <laughs> that, the char- that the getting old person, the character, the representation yeah. of Luke, still has a little fight left in him. I mean, come on. Oh, for sure. He's got a little get up and go left in him. It's just not quite quite as aimless as it once was. Mm. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. It's more focused. What's the the best song on the album, Luke? Your opinion. You got one. Just one. I think it's that one. Um, If I could only pick one. I mean, my favorite, I don't know, probably... Maybe like where the wild things are is great. I think um, back forty back for me is is up there. Um, God, there's a bunch, man. I love them all, dude. Yeah, it's a hard question for me. When I listened, when I listened to the album in its entirety the first time, I texted Luke and I was uh, pleasantly surprised surprised that he covers uh, Tracy Chapman's "Fast Car." Hmm. Yeah, classic tune there. Yeah, mm. and, and uh, yeah. I thought I, I thought it was, I thought it was a good move, man. I liked it. Did Dan well, did Dan and Reed help you with a few of these or? Yeah, yeah, Dan and Reed have uh, written. I think Reed's got t- two or three on here, um, and I know I think Dan has like six. I think on here. So That's yeah, great. they helped me out quite a bit for sure. If you look up, so so. Uh, Luke's going to stick around. You're going to help us out. You're going to help us out with the etiquette take on it. Okay. I'll tell you the stories, and then you yep. got to work up what your suggestion is. Okay. Uh, but but it was, we wanted to point out, Corinne typed in chetiquette into the Urban Dictionary. Mm-hmm. Is that what dictionary this is? Yeah. It looks like it, yeah. But it was drafted in June 16, 2021, which means uh, we'd already come up with chetiquette by then. Wouldn't that be true? I think so. Yeah, it's been a twenty. That would have been a right around over. Yeah, almost a almost two years. So ago. the Australian thing is not that far off. It's chetiquette. Um, it's not a real wordsmith to put it together, but that's bad chetiquette, man, or that's bad chetiquette, mate. Meaning to be a knob or a see you next Tuesday in social situations. <laughs> them being very free and easy with that that particular expression <laughs> in that part of the world. Uh, okay. Here's our first chat. Here's our first uh, ethical conundrum. 
It involves, it's called your ex-wife's new husband. Ooh. He's already rich. Now you got fans. You know it's going to be bad. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Guy goes on. There's a nice piece of family-owned property. You following? Nice piece of family-owned property, large enough for four to five hunters max, that has great deer and small game hunting, but a limited amount of said game. During the divorce, it's decided that the land will stay with the husband so that the near-adult kids can continue to use it with the clause that if the land ever gets sold, then 50% of the profit goes to the ex-wife. Subsequently, the ex-wife remarries, and the new husband is a public land hunter who's licking his chops at the chance to hunt some new private land. So even though the ex-wife tells the new husband he can hunt the property because it's half hers, does the etiquette question fall on the ex-husband to allow or not allow the new husband to hunt the property, or it does it fall on the new husband? This becomes very loaded. Well, it, it sounds like the... Well, not done with the question. <laughs> well... Can we clarify something real quick? I was yeah, gonna... I got a question too. <laughs> oh, okay. Can I finish? Go ahead. <laughs> I finish the question. I got the answer already. So oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna finish the question. Yeah. Because it's it becomes very so far it's done a pretty good job, right? But then it becomes loaded. Does the adequate question fall on the ex-husband to allow or not allow the new husband to hunt the property, or does it fall on the new husband to? Do the right thing and just stay off the property. (laughs) (laughs) There's our answer. (laughs) Dude, I think legally, I mean, first off, no shot this guy's getting on this. There's no shot. There's no scenario I'm letting this guy on this place in any way, right? There's no shot. And legally, as long as it doesn't get sold... It's my, it's the husband, the ex-husbands, right? Legally. That, that's, that's what, what they it agreed said. to. Yeah, that's what it So said. I think then etiquette's not even in the question. I think it's legal sense of like, yeah, I mean, no there's chance, a, dude. there's a little, there's a little bit of etiquette in there with the, the, the husband who actually owns it. The, the first dude in the picture, like being a nice guy, but still he's, he's dating his you don't need to be nice to a, your ex-wife's husband. No, no you well, not think, that nice. Well, that, there's there's your 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 question that there's a dynamic that's much bigger than we can speculate on. But let's say there's a split in 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 the the couple the former couples trying to be amiable, and they're trying to. I mean, th- there would be a scenario. I don't think that's what they're shooting for. That here, doesn't Clay. sound like it. <laughs> no. No. We need. You know what we need with all these is a state. We need to know what state it is. I think it would be, make a big difference. I'm going to speak right. to the, for my answer, I'm going to speak to the ex-husband. And I'm going to ask, if, if you're listening out there and you're the, and you're the ex-husband, I'm going to ask this question. The answer to this question is the answer to this conundrum. If you remarry and your new wife, okay, says, I'd sure like to go out there hunting with you. Are you going to say no? That's the only th- that, to me. That's it. If he says no way in hell, I'd let my new wife hunt that place. It's for our near adult kids. But did they have then equal- fair? If he's like, oh no, my my new wife can hunt it, but my ex wife's new husband, no way. Then that I think that's a, that's a un, it's a, a double standard. 
Yeah, but, but he owns it though, right? It's his. Yeah, didn't own, he have right? more it's share not, in it? No, it's not solely for the use of the children. He owns it so that the children can use it, right? That's what it sounded like. Yeah. yeah. So then I so can his he wife not could. hunt it either? Can he hunt it by himself? He, yeah, I gather he can hunt it with the near adult kids. Let's let's put it to vote. Cal, what do you think about this? <laughs> not worth it. Like, just not not worth it. Go find someplace else to hunt. You're speaking to the new <laughs> husband. Yeah, I, honestly, the whole group. It's like it sounds so <laughs> like it's mentally it will be far easier, and your successes will be far greater if you do not step foot on this place. Donate it to somebody, <laughs> right? <laughs> Donate it to conservation. <laughs> yeah. All right. To clarify, these aren't hypotheticals. These are real life. These are real situations. Life okay. These are real life situations. So there's a there's a real husband and ex husband dealing with this right now. Oh, yeah. there's a whole show Ooh. called Yellowstone that is dealing with this right now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so is there an answer in there? The answer, I think, like if you okay, there, there, there's two, there's two questions. Let's put, let's put it this way. We need to. There's an answer for the new husband. My answer for the new husband. Um. My answer for the new husband is I wouldn't go there. Agreed. No. My answer yeah, for the ex-husband so. is if you would take, again, just if you would allow your new wife to hunt it, you should let her new husband hunt it. But I think you do that with the assumption going in, that, but he'll never take me up on it. I think you would be like, well, the nice thing to do would be like, say, yeah, sure. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I'm sure he will realize I'm just trying to be nice and he will back away because of how awkward this whole situation would be. Well, he is, You'd quote, licking his chops. Man. Yeah, I mean, maybe do they you, like each mm, other, though. Who knows? Do you want it's, anybody uh, hunting your not. land? They wouldn't be emailing us this question yeah. if that was the case. I think this would be a way better show. Kern should have all these people in. The new husband, the old husband. <laughs> like it, a Jerry Springer yeah, star. It would be a Jerry <laughs> Springer show. Like a, exactly. Yeah. Dr. Phil. Okay, so let's Doug Duran sharing the land this. Okay? These folks set up a share system based on the calendar year. Uh. They have their primary shareholders which are the, the near-adult near adult children. The near-adult kids. Um, which it's like, what's the syndrome where they stay in the nest forever? Em I, no, I know empty nest. Yeah, the failure to launch. Yeah. That's <laughs> what we're dealing with here. Anyway, they're your primary shareholders. They agree on a certain amount of equity, let's say, that can be purchased by putting in sweat, you know, mitigating noxious weeds, taking down old tree stands, maybe some controlled burning, something fun like that. That buys them shares in the remaining calendar year that the primary share, shareholder. Doesn't this sound like fun to everybody? Yeah, but you're, uh, I mean, you're like really assuming a lot of, you know, like a... That's right. It's like, a big ask. Oh, for sure. But it's it to me, it'd be way easier than like, um, oh boy. I wonder what people will think of this. Oh, he actually took me up on it. Mm -hmm. Oh, do you think it's right that he invited her out? I mean, ugh. I turned my back on the whole thing. Yeah, Walk the more away. I think about it, I only have a message for the new yeah. husband. Sounds like a nightmare, for sure. My message for the new husband is to just go the other direction, man. Yeah. Yeah. Here's one that, here's one that won't take any time. It's interesting. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I got it. 
new husband, go <laughs> buy yourself a sweet walleye or bass boat. Like top of the line, all the stuff. Make sure there's a couple other seats that go completely unoccupied in it. <laughs> and just take lots of pictures of your, your days out on the water by yourself with empty seats around you. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> when ice fishing and you see a guy, gal just slaying fish. I can picture this. And they pack up and leave. How long should you wait before sliding into fish the hotspot? <laughs> Zero. 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 <laughs> Zero. Yeah. Yeah. Zero time. Uh, yeah, because somebody the, I, else I is le- probably going to be running right for it. I would do less than waiting. I'd be over there. Oh, you guys are packing up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you all yeah. about to leave? What you catching them on? Right. I mean, you do understand that you're uh, exchanging a little bit of uh, dignity. You're eating some humble pie in exchange yeah. for the for fish for the hot hole. Yeah. yeah. Which is fine. You know, I would probably, I would probably go over if I found myself in this situation. I know Cal does this. <clears throat> like you just go up and talk to those fellows, and you know, you guys leaving and. Hop right in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's, that's why I always like, that's why I had kids. <laughs> Is if you have kids, you, even when you see, like when they're slaying, you might go up and you can put it on. You'd be like, hey, you know, you my, make kid, my kid ask. really would, my kid really love to catch a fish, man. If you guys are getting <laughs> out of here, if you wouldn't mind letting me know so I can help my kid catch a fish. Right. Right. You put all that on the kid. <clears throat> Okay, here's one called Calling for Fun. Spring Gobbler came in here in upstate South Carolina April 1st. For the last two weeks, every morning after I drop two of the three kids off at school, I take the cut road home where I know turkeys are often in a vast crop field. His choice of words, vast crop field. I'll pull over put the windows down and call to them for a while to see if I can get them fired up. Totally understandable. I did that yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Signed, Luke Combs. I'll pull over, put the windows down, uh, get them fired up. This is a large private ag field that, as far as I can tell, has no interest in hunting these birds. I think what he means is, as far as you can tell, no one's hunting the birds. The other day when the season came in, I pulled over to throw some calls out when I noticed a truck on the other wooded side of the road, which is a different property. Okay. I figured it to be a hunter after some birds. What would be the chetiquette with regards to me calling for fun off a public road to birds out in the field when there is a hunter somewhere in Dem Woods Trying to bag one. Can can he hunt that field? It no, sounds like this he can't. guy has no, no way of knowing. No, the so, answer is simple. Then yes, then then I mean, why mess with it? Why it's during the season? Like yeah, I think I think before season, you can yeah. Luke combs it and you can do yep, that. But for sure, when season starts, you got to back out. You can't be calling on people, other people's birds, just for especially fun. when there's a guy sitting out there. Yeah, especially, you know, he's calling the same birds. It's not like there's, you know, he's trying to get the same birds to the spot he's at, and you're out there just on the way to work, like, (laughs) sending them the other direction, dude. Best case scenario is the birds come. There's nothing you can do anyways. (laughs) Right. Yeah, you can't do anything. So why, you know, why do it? 
O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. Here's a trickier one. I, I, I like this one better. It's called Family Members Mooching. This takes place near, uh, this guy says he's not far from uh, Bubbly Doug's farm in southwest Wisconsin, and in fact, he has met Bubbly Doug. He says, My family has owned a farm in southwest Wisconsin for over 100 years. People always like to, I'll just like comment, quick comment here. Um, I don't know that that matters. But anyhow, <laughs> there is a brushy ditch. It means he's proud of it, Steve. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, know what he's, I know what he's getting at here. I know, I know where he's going with this. There... <laughs> Um, there is a brush. Uh, pay attention here, because this gets this gets count. This starts. This gets geographical. There is a brushy ditch that sets up nicely for deer drives or mooches. Every year, we seem to push a nice buck out and have killed many out of this small, easy drive over the years. Usually, after opening day pressure pushes them into this ditch. A few years ago, my dad sold a number of acres as he's nearing retirement, and this ditch and pasture were part of that sale. Here's where it gets complicated, folks. He goes on to say this, and I'm quoting, My uncle, and then a parenthetical, and neighbor, was aware of the sale and also well aware of this particular deer drive. My interpretation, and Chester and I discussed this, my interpretation is even though the family has done this deer drive historically, my interpretation is this uncle has not been part of this deer drive. So even though he's saying my family does this deer drive on this brushy ditch, I'm I'm gathering here and and analyzing it uh, with Chester. Or he was allowed to hunt it and he just... Well, it, but we got to just go with one can't. dude because it can't be both because it's, it's way different. Yeah. So retract what you said. Take that back. <laughs> Apologize. We can <laughs> we can analyze that down the road, but like it gets because you know what I mean. Yes. It, I, there therein lies the, the the therein is the thing. Yeah. We'll tackle both. We'll tackle both. But if you don't mind, I'd like to, to for you to start with. It already sounds semi legal. Whatever <laughs> we're getting into. <laughs> already sounds shady. My uncle and neighbor was aware of the sale and also well aware of this particular deer drive we have done for the past few decades and aware of its success. 
the very first year after the sale. Not only that, the very first day of deer season. So they historically waited till later in the season. The uncle, on the first day of the new year after the sale, the first day of deer season after the sale, goes to the new buyer and says, hey, can I do a deer drive in the brushy draw we just sold you? Sure. Mm. And doesn't. And he busts in there and does the drive. And doesn't include oh, anyone man. else. Scumbag, yeah, dude. Big time scumbag. Sounds like dude. uncle might not be a great hunter, too. <clears throat> sounds like. Yeah, or like in the family, really, even. He says Christmas has never been the same since that fateful deer drive. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I mean, at least invite the family. There's nothing wrong with him asking permission to go do it. He kind of beat him to it. Yeah, because he could have been the hero of the family. Yeah. He could have been. been like, guess what, everybody? I got us all permission to go do the... That's a good point. He could have been like, man, I know everybody's been super bummed out since dad yeah. had to sell the place. Or but we still got But it. I went and talked to the guy and everybody, guess what? We could we continue still... the deer drive. Right. But it feels like he may be taking vengeance out for, like you're saying, having never been a part of the deer drive. Is what it now it sounds like to me. There's another thing that could be... See, you know, if these folks are listening... Um, Laurent, Laramie, if Laramie's listening. You better not be leaving out some details here. Yeah, is it shaky Uncle Dave? Yeah. Like, you know, a guy who's super <laughs> dangerous to hunt with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old no safety Dave, that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like my kids will come running home about how they got yelled at by some old man. <laughs> out of nowhere, out of the blue. I'm he like, must well, <laughs> just hate kids. Yeah. I'm like, so, <laughs> home it, what happened? Well, you, you know, we're in his yard <laughs> <laughs> with our bows and, yeah. and uh, Gordy pra- kind of shot it over toward his house and and uh, by and by he yelled at us to get out of his yard. <laughs> like, okay, that makes a little You know, I, I think your, your point is well taken there, Steve, because it's real clear that the way the story's told and it's been presented that this guy's like, yeah, he was shady. But if you had that guy in here, he might be the sane one of the bunch and say, you know what? I had, you know, I mean, there, there's a thousand different ways this, this could go. And you could you could take a kind of a character assessment and he might be like, you know what? Those guys were outlaws and they were killing more deer than they should and they were doing this and we never liked that. We always wanted to manage the land. Yep. I mean, I, he might have a story. It's yeah, possible. Right? It's possible. Maybe the uncle's an altruist in that we haven't talked about how he's, <laughs> where he's pushing this drive. Maybe oh. he's going to drive the deer back onto mm. the family that property that's remaining. Kind of lingering question was like, did he not even call anyone to say, hey, heads up? Right? Because sometimes you get permission and you're not even prepared for permission, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I bumped into the person at the post office right. and they said, hey, my family comes out next right. week. If you want to hunt, you can hunt tomorrow. But just you. And just you. Right? <laughs> and you're like, good, but right. It yeah, does happen. That's true. That's you know? true. Or how about this? Let's say the dad, let's say the uncle used to own that place. But the yeah. dad came over his place and tripped and fell on the ice and did a a, a dirty lawsuit and mm. won that land back unfairly. Wow. Point being, Interesting. we don't we don't know any more than what we got yeah. to see here. 
There's a lot of takes. What we got? By what we have to go by, it's getting complicated. By what we have to go by, just what that's it. By the version that we have heard, um, that the the uncle's a blowhard. Does does Chester get a final say on any of these? Given that this is Chetiquette? yeah, that's yeah, fine. that's what. Yeah, we could do that. I, I would <laughs> <Did you> declare <laughs> a winner. Yeah, I'm just putting myself in uh, old uncle's shoes, and uh, I would. Definitely invite the family to do that deer drive. At least give them a heads up or explain my situation and not just go out there and do it. Because if it was like, oh, I'm the only one that can do this drive, but be ready because you guys know where they're going to run, like Mark was saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, just let them know. Communicate. It's really easy. <laughs> but mm-hmm. there's another Good marriage qu- advice. No, that's yeah. this is great advice, Chester, <laughs> but if you're the uncle, there also begs the question, you're the uncle for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, why did you go ask permission to hunt the ditch? Because uh, because I really like deer hunting and it's a good, <laughs> good deer drive. <laughs> okay, here, here's a good one. This one, I this is one of those. I don't. I honestly don't know the answer to this, but I'm developing an opinion. Ready for this? Ready. And again, Chester will have the final say. <laughs> Checking other folks' trail cams. Oh. I'm sure Mark's got no. this. Got to be a thing Mark knows about. So, yeah. Situation: We place trail cams on public land as part of our scouting process. While doing this, every once in a while, we will find another hunter's camera. We usually hike around with a small laptop while placing ours. So the question is: Ding ding! Would it be bad etiquette to open the other guy's or gal's camera and take a look at the card, and then place it back, leaving no trace? Uh, meaning it's on public land. Hmm. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, so my take <sighs> is that that is poor etiquette, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, it might not lead to some kind of negative outcome because it's still there, but how many times, for those who use cameras, have you turned one on and off, took a card out, put it back in, and something goes wrong with the settings? Like, you're just risking some kind of issue. And it just feels kind of dirty. Oh, it feels like you're dirty. pulling up someone else's hood and looking in, uh, just interfering with something that's not yours. And, and who knows? This person might have just stumbled upon this trail camera and looks at the pictures, and the next thing you know, he's like, "Holy right. cow!" And he's now in your hunting spot, and you put all the work in to put that camera out. Just, I'd like to ask the guy that wrote in. I'd say this to him. I'd be like, "Let's say you park your truck on public land." And you come back and there's a guy kind of sitting in your truck going through everything. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm not taking yeah. anything, man. I'm not taking anything. It's on public land, bro. I do ask folks who are big into trail cams why they put the trail cams out. I'm like, you know it's a great hunting spot. You've shot big deer there. Why would you advertise to other people that you have an interest in that spot? So it, They're probably not that far along yet. I'm like... You're kind of running the risk of somebody pulling up your hood and taking a look inside, tell you what, right? What I've done in a couple of situations with trail cameras is I've put, I've written, I've got a picture on my phone of of writing with a black marker on a trail camera on public land. You write on the camera? I wrote my name and my phone number. And I said, please don't steal. I'll share the pictures with you if you call me. I, I had a lock on it. Oh, I, I, your own camera. I thought you were... I my, thought you were, my, I thought camera, you were uh, my camera on public land in a <laughs> locked box. 
that they could have beat off a tree and stolen or something. And I wrote on there my phone number, and I said, if you find this trail camera and you don't steal it, call me. I'll share all the pictures. Have you ever gotten a phone call? Never got a picture. I did have somebody come up and check it. Like, I just saw their legs. Mm. And and, And actually didn't have a lock on the camera at the time. On the box, they o- they opened it up, took the camera out, and then put it back. So I he had, very well may have checked it. I I did the name and phone number on a camera of mine like a decade ago, and it did get stolen. <laughs> they stole it. They returned it to Cabela's to get money for it, and then Cabela's after after taking that return looked on the back of the camera, saw the name and number, and called me and said, "Hey, I think someone wow. stole your camera, and we have it here at the store." <laughs> And I got it back. <laughs> what? Yeah. Really? Yep. That'd be a good way to double how many cameras you got. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> Tell your buddy, go return this camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chester, what's the final thing? Check them or don't check them? Don't check them, man. It just feels dirty. I like Clay's little thing, lock it and put a name on it. It's kind of like, here I am. You know? It, it's very similar to the... If you find somebody else's tree stand on public land, you go sit it. And I feel the same way about it. I, I'm not going to touch that If it's thing. a permanent. Yeah. If, if like in the old days when you used to just nail them up there out of wood. Mm. I think that's that just that's that becomes part of the tree in my sure. view. Sure. You know? yeah. But I mean, if someone puts a hang on and climbing sticks, uh, I know some people go and sit in somebody else's stand, but I feels the same way to me. What's your view on leaving tree stands on public land? I would say... Not having like a moral take on it, but just it doesn't seem practical to me because you're risking people coming in, taking it, or doing what Cal just mentioned, like right. seeing your spot and being like, oh, this, someone else thought this was good. And yeah, and I say poor etiquette it. on leaving the camera, but I also want people, <laughs> I want people to understand. It's like by putting that out there, you you have already given them something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, one of the best ones that these we ever got was a guy who was in sort of a tree stand duel with someone where they each had climbers latched onto a tree and they were, he was practicing a certain sort of etiquette where he would always attach his down below the same tree. Yeah. <laughs> so if he hunted the tree, he would move his stand down below as a courtesy so that the other guy would be able to climb and not have to undo his. Like a climber. Wow. And the guy wouldn't return the courtesy. <laughs> and, wow. and how they were supposed to sort that out. There, oh, so many of these have to do That's with That's amazing. Uh, here, here's one guy says, Dear Chet, I would like your opinion. The, the subject is when your hunting buddy never invites you hunting. <laughs> <laughs> There's do your sign. Need, yeah. Do we need to know more? <laughs> do we, we do re- not. <laughs> we do not. So, Moving on. <laughs> dear Chet, I would like your opinion on a quandary I have with a hunting buddy. A while ago, we started upland bird hunting together. Neither of us had a dog, so that first season was pretty tough. By the following season, I had a bird dog, and we started to do much better. About that time, he started waterfowl hunting. My issue is that he always asked to go hunting with me and my dog. And I've even been nice enough to change my plans to make it easier for him to come. However, he has never once invited me to go waterfowl hunting with him. And this is sticking in my craw. 
He isn't shady about going. He'll send me pictures of the ducks he kills. I've dropped hints that I'd like to go, but still no invite. I was raised to believe it's bad manners to invite yourself along. It's been 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have a hunting buddy. You have a hunting parasite. Yeah. Yeah. What if he doesn't have, like, what if he's not, like, obviously he's leeching off this dude's dog. So you think he's not just leeching off the duck dudes or whatever? Like, is he going to hunt on his own? Because if he's the, hunting, if, if he's hunting with somebody else, they might be like, "Well, don't invite anybody else." Oh, that's you know what I mean. Like, it, but because he's leeching, but again, he's that leeching goes beyond what dog. we know. That goes beyond True. what we know. Okay. So the person writing in now, you suckers who've written in here, um, you got to understand if you think you're going to be emboldened here. You got to understand that we're going off what you told us. And if you're leaving out important details, Mm -hmm. you got to live with it. But Luke, 10 years. They've had 10 years of early morning truck rides together. Late night truck rides home. Like, you can't bridge the gap on like, so tell me about your duck hunting situation. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. You're right. You're right. Like, what's yeah, going man, on Like, here? that's true, man. Maybe just ask. Dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you don't ask to go. And there's, there's, there's also trades in hunting that aren't fair. It's like, if somebody's like, hey, Clay, come squirrel hunting with me. And I, and, and I go squirrel hunting with them and kill like four squirrels. And they're like, hey, now you owe me a bear hunt. And it's like, well, sure. I mean, yeah. do Who's I? That? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some stuff in here that is probably left out, you know. Mm, but we only got it. We can only go by. Like, I know, but I just can only trust. help myself to think. Like, we gotta assume. We gotta assume that the 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 person on the other end of the story isn't hearing the answer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're we're talking to the person that wrote in, and if they have missed key pieces of stuff, that's on them. Yep. Because unlike a you know like a trial, right? Everybody comes in and you get to fish it all out. Yeah. But here it's just that's what you got to go by. But ten years, I mean, ten years is a lot. It's a long I, time. I have people in my life uh, that we you know started in a very similar fashion of like hey have you tried this spot have you tried that spot and this kind of scenario has played out where it's like i'm happy to lend gear i'm happy to point people in the right direction i'm happy to have you along but eventually i i would say like four or five seasons max if none of those favors are they don't need to be returned but they absolutely need to be offered yeah they have to be offered if that doesn't right. happen then it's like you got to you got to cut like, ties. Yeah. One, one lesson I've picked up as I've gotten older, I think when you're young, like a high school, whatever, you you and your buddies, you share a lot of gripes. Right? I mean, that's the age when you, like, actually get in fights with your buddies. Like, you get, like, it's not uncommon to get, like, in a physical fight with your, your friend, right? At that age. Mm-hmm. And I think you enter into a long time of just out of respect or not wanting to make waves. You leave a lot unsaid. Um, but I don't, I think there would be a way for this guy, like you said, in the 10, in the 10 years for this guy to say, man, I, there's been something on my mind. Um, I just got to ask you, uh, how come we don't hunt ducks together? Yeah. You remember yeah, I mean, after 10 years, puppy, I think nine years yeah. ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, I felt like it's. I felt like after ten years, man, you got to be able to ask. You know what I mean? Like you get, like you should definitely feel uh, confident in asking this dude what what the deal is. Yeah, it's because the worst you're gonna lose is you're gonna lose the guy that won't take you. <laughs> He's gonna be like, all these, no, right. I'm never gonna take you, Duck Hunt. <laughs> on all these, I find myself kind of rooting for the underdog a little bit because yes. I I think that there's a reason for this i would think i mean maybe the guy goes man i'm a member of a duck club that costs me you know 15 grand a year and I, and i can't take people like there's got to be but i think he would have included that yeah does yeah. he split gas with you like that's i mean there's we, there's some character things here that we just can't yeah. get into you know i just i just wrote an article first article that I wrote for the meat eater website and it was like how to be a good fishing partner and there's like a lot of little things in there you know and if people mm -hmm. stop doing that stuff you're just not going to get invited invited back but I mean in this particular case I think the guy should maybe I don't think they're actually that great of friends um maybe mm -hmm. I don't know mm -hmm. if if there's not able to communicate and if he's not getting invited I don't know. Maybe maybe consider trying to find a new duck hunting partner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Luke, you know what I keep forgetting to tell you that you ought to have floating around the back of your head. Chester here, uh, he's opening up for um, Trampled by Turtles again, and 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 the show that he's opening for instantly sold out. Not instantly. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little much. I think it's because Bozeman's shows sell out quick, not because of me no, no, in no. particular. Don't, don't, don't include all those details, Chester. <laughs> Luke, it instantly sold out. Yes. I love it. I love What's it. the biggest place you could play at? I think that was the place. <laughs> Dallas Cowboy Stadium. Yeah, MSU. The college. Yeah. No. Okay, Ramp Chetiquette. That's the name of this question. A buddy of mine, this is a good one. I know the answer, but this is a good one. A buddy of mine is a big-time duck hunter. Doesn't matter. A <laughs> doesn't matter how big-time he is. A buddy of mine is a big-time duck hunter. We work overnight on the weekends. I can't tell if that matters. About a month or so ago, whenever the last day of duck season was for him, he left work early at 3 a.m., so he could go duck hunting. He hunts out of a kayak that he strapped to the roof of his car. He got to the boat launch and there was a huge line of guys with real boats on trailers waiting to launch. Instead of waiting in the line and having to paddle out after all these guys with engines, he pulled off on the side of the public road, then carried his kayak and gear a half mile to the ramp. His whole walk down there, guys were honking and messing with him. But I don't think he was in the wrong. Was he in the wrong to pull off and skip the line? If again, if there's no if there's no other stuff left out, this guy is absolutely not in the wrong, man. He carried his kayak a half mile, parked out of the way. I have to say, as long as it doesn't interfere with the yeah. loading and unloading sure. of boats at yeah. the ramp. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Which it sounds he, like he beat the system. It wouldn't. It's like if he yeah. walks down that line and sticks this thing off to the side, it's none of your business. Mm -hmm. Right. Picture yeah. the other extreme. Picture he's hunting on foot. Should he just stand there and slowly walk up? <laughs> or, yeah. or, or, or he's swimming. Should he stand? <laughs> right. 
I ran into a guy just in our parking lot the other day. There's a guy on a bike. There's a whole line of cars waiting to leave the parking lot here. I don't know what was going on. Whole line of cars. There's a guy in the line on a bike. I get out of my uh, truck and he's like, what this world needs is more cars. And, uh, and uh, you know, I engaged with him. I engaged with him, but. What did you say? Well, I said everything but what I wanted to say, which is, why are you waiting in line with all the cars? Why are you pretending you're in a car? You're on a bike. Right. Enjoy its freedom. Like, go up to the intersection and leave. Like, why are you standing in line behind six cars? Yeah, the guy on the bike. <laughs> yeah, the guy on the bike is like always the first guy at the red light. I feel right? like I wouldn't be here talking to me. I'd be so far down the road by now because I'd have gone out and ridden down the sidewalk, passed everybody up, and went about my business. Yeah, only in what Bozeman. was he wearing? Yeah, that is only Bozeman. in Bozeman, Montana. Yeah, yeah. I was like, your problem is you think you're in a car. But you're on a bike. <laughs> so boat ramp, as long as you are not slowing down somebody else's day, it sounds to me like you made everybody's day faster. Yeah. So good job, kayak Absolutely. guy. Yeah, kayak guy wins. Anything to say on that one? I agree completely with what I think everyone else agrees with here. Let me, I'm kayak gonna, guy I'm, for the win. I'm going to ask you just one, Chester, and you're the only, it's, it's a minor and you're the only one that can reply. Uh-huh. A guy's got a big case of the ass about people that you're backing your boat down a ramp and you leave your headlights on. So the other dudes trying to use the lamp ramp are blinded by your headlights. He's like, do you think to turn your lights off? Um, well, so what are you talking? Is it like a double ramp? Yeah. It's a double ramp. Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think you could turn turn your lights off but it is nice to have um like some backup lights on so you can actually see on the sides of the ramp sometimes your trailer lights aren't enough you know what i mean when you yeah. flip your actual lights on it like lights it up a little better For the back other there guy. it would have never occurred to me to shut them off I, I think they're just talking about busier boat ramps than than what i've been dealing with i mean when i read this one i was like oh yeah that that makes total sense that's that's great because I I've, I've had some some issues in non boat ramp scenarios with people leaving their high beams on or just like those new fancy you know modern headlights that people run that are seem to be shockingly bright. But yeah, I'm trying to remember like at these at these tournaments when it's a double ramp if I if I shut my lights off or not, and I I don't think I did. I mean, are you doing? Are you getting in before daylight? Hmm. Hmm. Does uh, do other people's lights bother you? I mean, that seems like the thing that you would be not, noticing. Not, I mean, not any more than like just driving a car down the road. Because I've mm. backed up boats so much that it's like, I don't know. Dude, I say get over it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if you're mad about somebody's headlights being in your eyes for like 30 seconds, dude, maybe you're not tough enough yeah. to back a a boat down a public boat <laughs> ramp and go like catch your own fish, dude. Maybe you should just stay home. Yeah. I mean, jeez, so sensitive. Ow, dude. So sensitive, I think, dude. That's that's a little too much for me. I don't buy it. I don't buy that one. Okay. <clears throat> this one's called Land Borders and Tree Stands. This is the, like, it, of the etiquette questions that we've gotten, I would say, what, what percent have to do with something to do with tree stands? A decent amount. Yeah, it seems like 50%. 
I've hunted a certain 60-acre piece of agriculture woods ground for white-tailed deer in western New York for five years now. Doesn't matter. I have... No, 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 that's good. Five years. Whatever. He's not like for 18 generations. (laughs) I have sole permission from the owner. Points out that it's his girlfriend's grandparents. Hmm. I wonder if that causes him to stay with that girlfriend. Depends how good of a property yeah. it is. It's not not like a hunting. factor. It's, no. You're like, he's like, I don't know, man. Sometimes I feel like breaking up with my girlfriend. And he's on the fence. I mean, how many, but he's like, yeah, I mean, it's like how many up. Boone and Crockett's are coming out of Western mm-hmm. New York ag land, though? Like a, like a bunch? Or it's not much. It just might be the best he's got to work with. It's, it's as good as the way it Daniel Boone felt when he went into Kentucky that first time. He's like, man, it's good hunting, but it's pretty sketchy. <laughs> I have sole permission from the owner. <laughs> Nobody got that. Yet. No, I got it. It was good. Okay. Okay. I have sole permission from the owner, girlfriend's grandparents, and have had to kick the neighbors to the east of the property off, as well as ask them to remove their stands and cameras multiple times. There's one stand in particular that I'd like your opinion on. There is a cattle fence on said east side of the property that divides land ownership. This tree stand is a ladder stand, and the bottom of the ladder is on their... (laughs) (laughs) The the bottom of the ladder is on their side of the fence, but the tree they... Dude, I hate these. The bottom of the ladder is on their side of the fence, but the tree they use is on my side of the fence. I've never asked them about moving it because at the end of the day, they don't kill any deer in that spot or on that property in general because they're not good hunters. Should I be concerned that one day they will kill a big one out of that tree stand? So should I just ask them to move it now? Cut the tree down. (laughs) (laughs) With them in it too. It's your tree. It's your tree. It's your girlfriend's grandparents' tree. Cut it down. (laughs) Game over. Don't even have to worry about it. Cheddar <laughs> We've selected uh, that tree for firewood. <laughs> yeah. It's diseased, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. There's a whole thing. Like, we've had, there's other ones that we didn't do that we just kind of skimmed by. There is, like, in human psychology, I don't care how many acres you give somebody. If there's a property boundary. Yeah. They're gonna lie. you're gonna put a stand on that line. Grass is always greener because yeah. you're like, they gotta have a lot of deer on the neighbor's place. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'd like. Oh to, yeah, I'd like to hear Mark's take on this. Is just prop. I can I hate these ones. Like I said, property boundary tree stands. And I'll this. get my. I only give my two cents. Yeah, my two cents is they're they're the neighbors. You you're in the right on a lot of it, but you got to sort of be like. How far do I really push this? Mm-hmm. Meaning, if all my ass have been reasonable and they've gone along with it, do I need to now come to them with a thing where they're going to be like, oh, what'll, what'll he, you know what I mean? Like, do you really need to like just push it and push it and push it to a point where you invite uh, conflict? And like this guy's let's... in a beautiful spot because it's not even, they're not his neighbors. So what's he care? his girlfriend's grandparents neighbors so like i guess if he does force the issue i don't know it's weird to me like if your stand is ultimately in my tree but i've been given permission to hunt a bunch of places 
I have never been given permission to run off the neighbors. Mm. Right? I'm like, so right. are you getting right. sole permission to hunt or are you getting sole permission to hunt and manage the land as an, you know, mm. as a, a legal representative of the land? But I mean, wouldn't sole permission to hunt it give you the right to push off people that were illegally hunting it? Without permission, I so would seems like it definitely would. have the talk with the girlfriend's folks in order to, yeah, and and yeah, I mean, I'd be like, hey, other folks are hunting this. Is that right. okay with you? Did somebody yeah. give them permission down the line? What's going on here, right? Yeah. Like, but are you really gonna? I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, the neighbors, so the <laughs> neighbors are in the wrong. But I think to yeah. Steve's point, like, is it worth? fighting this any further and what are you possibly going to lose like you're possibly going to get this you know they can move three feet over and you know right For, the, right. but is it going to be worth whatever bridge you're going to further burn yeah don't we know. don't we don't mind our neighbors back in wisconsin hunting the property lines because <clears throat> our property is managed much more for deer and everything and if anything it they're they're not smart about getting to their stands. If anything, what it does is help us out because it pushes deer to the middle. Of your it, place. It, right? it yeah. pushes deer and it keeps them kind of in. It's almost like a, a fence yeah. in a way. I, I guess here's mm. a here's a, a permission quick permission story. We we got permission and have had permission on a on a little pond to duck hunt forever. Um, we went in there to duck hunt. The actual landowner. Got a call from the neighboring property uh, accusing us of doing all sorts of, uh, you know, you, everybody thinks they're the center of the universe, right? So if you're hunting ducks on one property, of course, they're manifesting ways that what your actions are doing are har- harming them in some way, right? Mm. So um, there was that call to land, and he's like, I don't, I hate dealing with those guys. They're always rude, blah, 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 blah. And, 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 and he allows them to hunt the same pond on occasion as well. Mm. And I said, well, why don't you let us take, take care of it? You know, we can go have that talk with him or whatever. And he's like, well, I get to run cattle on this chunk of ground in between my other two properties that they own. Right. And it's just kind of a. A thing, so I'd, I'd. It's worth it to him to put up with the weird hunting stuff on occasion mm. because it makes life so much easier on the actual agriculture part of the conversation, right? The neighborly mm-hmm. agreement type of things, and so that's why I do think of like, okay, you got permission to hunt, but that's not necessarily permission to manage the property as a whole because there could be. The neighbors could very well be under the impression that, oh, yeah, we never asked ex- for permission to hunt, but we give the parents all these liberties on our place, mm-hmm. and we, it's just kind of a known thing, even though they've never had the conversation, right? So that's why I'm like, talk talk with the folks yeah. and know specifically that you are able to say, hey, hunting season, you guys can't be on here. Yeah, if this letter had come from a grandpa saying, hey, I'm a grandpa and I own some land and these neighbors got a tree stand on my tree, that's different. Oh, yeah. All right, Luke, you got time for one and a half more? 
Oh, yeah, of course. My chetiquette question is, I live in a state where I can legally harvest two whitetail bucks, one with a firearm, one with archery equipment. I wounded and lost a buck that I am positive died during firearm season. The reason I'm not saying anything is I'm just wondering how positive and why he's positive. Right, like how can you be positive? Is he positive because he saw it laying dead on the neighbor's place and the neighbor wouldn't let him go get it? Or is he just thinking because of shot? Let's assume he's just thinking it's got to be dead. Okay. Right. He hasn't seen it, but he's saying like, there's no way it lived. I then shot another buck and harvested it during the same firearm season. There is a late archery season. Would it be wrong to shoot another buck with my archery tag? Or should I consider both of my bucks being already tagged? A friend and I had a conversation about this. He thinks I have killed my two bucks and I should be done. But legally, I can shoot another buck. So I don't see the problem. I, I mean, think it's a can you live in hmm. yourself question, dude. That's what it is, right? A little bit. I mean, but, legally... Right, but we're talking about it's not called the legal. Speaking. It's not, it's called, not called, the, called the, right. It's not the legal. I show. think I, I think I'd be out. I, I personally, I think I'd be out. You know, best I don't practice. I think I'd do another one. Best practice ethics, highest level ethics is yeah, you're out because the intent of the law is that you kill two deer, but there, but also there might be a situation when the year before when you passed on four bucks that everybody else could have shot but you didn't and you needed the deer meat and. Yada yada. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that might that could make you go. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna follow the letter of the law and yeah, kill this. Another buck. This is definitely one of those kind of unwritten rule moral things, and it's probably just based on the person and like how you feel about it. You know, if you're shooting deer and you got your freezers full and that stuff, yeah, probably probably don't do it. Like, but if you haven't, if you've been out there trying to get some, trying to get some meat in your freezer and, you know, you've been working your butt off, sure, go, go hunt, get another deer. Do you might have a guess what state that is? Maybe Wisconsin? Missouri? Iowa's like that. Can you do, can you, I mean, can you take does in that state? Wisconsin? In those particular states? Yeah, all those states you could. Well, then... Then the meat question is out of it, right? Yeah, that's yeah, a good point. You don't have to kill a buck. That's a good to, point. To get meat, you yeah. know, you could just shoot a doe if you really needed meat, right? Yeah. My take on it, I don't see a problem with it. If all, all respect, like all respect, if he's like, hey, I'm, I'm sure that deer died. I'm done. Don't feel right about it. I totally respect that. I would never be like, that's stupid. Go get another one. I'd be like, man, that's, right. that's big of you. That's cool. Yeah. But if he said, you know what? Uh, I didn't recover it. I didn't tag it. I still got a tag. I'd be like, you're absolutely right, dude. I don't have any problem yeah. with it. And I think state yeah. game agencies account for a certain amount of loss in their, you know, tag allocations. So like they're, they're assuming a certain amount of that happening anyways. Yeah. And to, to Clay's point, I've purchased God knows how many antler deer tags that have gone unfilled. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, over the years. And, I'll, Oh, there's, yeah. there's another wrinkle I'll add here for this individual to consider. Uh, there's one hunt I'm, I'm w- aware of and participate in. It's a big game hunt. And if you wound an animal and they don't ask you to determine how well or not well you wounded it, if you wound, 
you tag. So they have the ability, if they want it to be that way, right? they have the ability to bake that into the regulations. It's not, sure. you know, it winds up being like pretty honor system, but it's possible for them to say, if, you know, if you draw blood or wound an animal, tag the animal. That's it. You're done. Because that, that, yeah. that, that is a thing that happens. Uh, last one. This, uh, this is especially appropriate. Um, everybody in here, with the exception of Callahan, has kids. Um, Luke's got one and one on the way. Chester's got a brand new baby. So here it is. He says, not sure if this qualifies as Chetiket. I think it does. But we'll ask it anyway as a new dad who also loves hunting and firearms. A few episodes back, Steve mentioned that when his kids have friends over to play or for a sleepover, his wife will make the other parents aware that there are firearms in the house, but they are locked up and inaccessible. That, I, I want to, that was true when we, that was true in a particular setting. We lived in Seattle for a couple of years and firearm ownership was not assumed. And it is a very left-leaning, uh, largely, I would say largely like, you know, borderline anti-gun area. Mm-hmm. And my wife knew that guns were highly politicized there. We weren't doing anything that we wouldn't have done. She was just pointing out they're locked in a safe and trigger locked, but they're here. If you have a problem with that, your kids shouldn't come over and be at the house because that's just what's going on in our house. So heads up. Uh, We don't do that. Um, We don't do that where we live now because I can't think of anyone that comes over our house that doesn't. So that was the thing we did. Uh, He says, this hadn't crossed my mind and I haven't had the chance to ask my parents if they did this or if anyone has said it to them in the past. My son just turned 10 months and hasn't had any friends sleep over yet, but I want to know for the future if this is proper (laughs) chetiquette. Do people expect to be told about firearms in a home? He says that we live in southeastern Pennsylvania, right on the edge of suburban Philadelphia. I can see rural families saying, no shit, so do we. But I can also hear some, you know, Timmy, like some, some kids, mom being appalled by the idea of guns in the house. What do you think? Man, I think it's, I think I get what you're saying about in, in Seattle area, like doing that because they could see gun case or whatever, and then go back and kind of go tattling or whatever you, however you want to call it. But I think as parents, if you're responsible and you have these guns locked up, um, like actually locked up, I don't think I would say anything. One, because it might create problems and the parents might not want their kid to come over anymore or something like that when Mm -hmm. it's totally not necessary. They should be able to... If you're going to be against guns, you know, like... I I don't know. I, I think that... If you're responsible and have it locked up, I I probably wouldn't say anything. Yeah, a thing I do feel absolute on is if you've got kids around, your kids, other kids, whatever, if you got kids around, you got to have a tight program when it comes to gun storage. No, yeah. for sure, dude. If it's yeah. done tight, um, that was my wife's practice. I didn't argue it with her too much. I let her know that I thought it was a bit much, mm-hmm. but it's half her house, right? She make calls that she, you know, she don't mess yeah. with me. I'm not going to mess with what she decides to tell people. Um, 
I think it's a little bit beside the point if they're talked away because it, it's, 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 it's not an issue. They can't get at them. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're in a safe, especially, I mean, trigger locks as well in the safe. I mean, I, I personally, I mean, the, to me, there's no point in even bringing it up, but I would say it's a person to person basis of like, if you feel like you need to address that with somebody and that makes you feel better about making them feel better then do it. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. Like, you know, obviously doing the safe thing is what you should be doing. So I think that's really what's important, like you're saying. But how you approach it is really what makes you feel better, you know? I got a friend who actually had this happen. And uh, uh, someone said to his wife, I'm not comfortable having my kids in a house that has guns in it. And to which his wife replied, well, don't come over to our house. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to say, <laughs> I want to know where if my kids are going to someone's house that doesn't have guns. Because you're like suspicious. <laughs> Who yeah. are these people? Yeah. I'm like, you're telling me if somebody comes and robs your house while my kids aren't there? Are there? No. I don't think that the conversation needs to be had if everything's locked up, right? Um, I have a friend who's a, a detective in, in Boise. Mm -hmm. And... He lives in an area where, you know, I would say gun ownership is not assumed. Mm -hmm. But when every single kid, this was years ago when his kids were at younger ages, found out that they're going over to the house and the dad's a cop, every single kid had questions about guns. Mm. And when that would come up, he would then call the parents or wait until the end of the play date, you know, and then talk to the parents and say, hey, your child has a bunch of questions about guns. I'm a detective. Um, if you would like and be open to it, we can go, uh, I can show kids guns. We can take them shooting. Mm -hmm. I can go through all the proper safety things. If, if that's something that you would be interested in. That's big. Right. But there was no assumption of like showing somebody else's child guns because just because they asked, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I always thought that that was a good move. But I don't, you know, it's like, there's a lot of things that are going on inside the Ranella household that could be politicized in some way, mm -hmm. right? Do you... Like what? Do you, I have no <laughs> idea, right? But do you say like, hey, here's, Halloween candy. <laughs> here's a list of things that happen in our house, just so you're aware, Yeah. right? It has nothing to do with the child's play date. I did one half time have to go report to a neighbor a conversation that I got roped into where my daughter and her friend asked me, it was right after Chester and his wife, Chester's wife had the baby and they told the whole baby story. And my daughter and her friend, my daughter said to me, when your water breaks, does it all come out of your head? <laughs> Which led to this big long conversation that I then went to the neighbor and I said, Hey, uh, real quick. So <laughs> this came up, me and you and my daughter and your daughter, this came up and here's where the conversation uh, landed. Just heads up in case it comes up. And he says, that's, that's great. We use real words for real things in this household. So you're okay. <laughs> uh, we've had some laughs, but all, all joking aside, man. Um, if you've got little kids around uh, and you can, you can know that your kids are so disciplined and would never do something you told them not to do 
and not my kids are not like that, and da, 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 all that, um, all that prideful stuff about how disciplined and respectful your kids are. If you've got young kids running around, you have to have a storage plan for firearms. You just do. I have, uh, I'm one of the proudest dads out there that I know, but I know that oftentimes we have, our kids will do a thing they're not supposed to do. Um, and any parent that's acting like that's not a thing is lying to themselves. And, and I don't know that they have the ability to, if they're going to now and then disobey as they test boundaries that they, I can't guarantee you that they wouldn't choose to test a boundary around a gun that was carelessly left out land. Um, you got to have a program. Luke, thanks for joining, man. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Brought yeah, to you again you. by Columbia PFG. Luke wears it on the stage. He wears it on the water. He's wearing Dude. it on his damn hat right now. I am. I am. Luke, good luck with the with the album out. And um, I'm yes. sure people can watch. For I know that I got some friends that are holding some tickets for one of your shows right now. And they're real excited yeah. about it. They actually sent yeah, me a picture man. of them. Yeah, we're excited, man. It's it's been been a lot of fun. All right, well, good luck, man. Thanks to everybody else. Thanks for sending them in. Keep the chat kit questions coming, and we will keep getting to them um, as we can. We got uh, I think like fifty one pages of them left for next time. Thanks, everybody. This show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. It is a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that they need and that meets them where they are and helps them get through challenges. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible. It's simple to use. You can connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.